Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 418. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. Uh, this is our DC TV episode. Uh, SDCC has happened, so there are trailers for everything. I'm going to start off talking about those. Um, first up, the Supergirl trailer shows Supergirl declaring that Kara Danvers was a mistake. She seems to be leaning into her alien roots and shedding the human upbringing a bit. Uh, I expect that to only last one episode. I, I don't know. The trailer um, made it look like Christopher Nolan had taken over Supergirl. It did a little bit. Uh, we got our first look at Rain. Uh, we got our first look at Erica Durant as Allura. And uh, Adrian Pazdar as the ruthless Morgan Edge, which is kind of cool. They're going all the way back to Jack Kirby for that. Um, yeah, this Supergirl trailer does not look like Supergirl. It doesn't look like, look like that show. Mm-mm. Looks a little, looks a little deeper, and uh, I could, I could get behind that if that's uh, what they're actually doing. Uh, Lucifer, man, dressed in white, fully feathered, uh, seems to be cutting loose. This, uh, this thing looked more like a gag reel than anything. Um, <laughs> it was pretty loose. Got Maze, yeah, I got Maze beating people up. Linda and Chloe getting drunk in the Lux penthouse. Uh, the Ella, the the lab assistant, gets a little risque. Mm-hmm. Looks like uh, Dan might be getting back with Chloe, or there's going to be a flashback or something. It looks like Amenity will get shot, but heals. Um, over in the Flash, their their trailer, uh, the Flash team is looking for Barry. After a samurai with some amazing tech threatens the city, Cisco thinks he has a plan. Our glimpse at the six months after present day shows uh, Iris, who wants to be strong, a Cisco who misses his friend, a Peekaboo who's escaped. Uh, Caitlin holding Captain Cold's gun and a possible future Barry, depending on how you feel about the costume change around the belt area. Uh, which I'm pretty sure that those shots of Barry running around are really Wally in the suit, trying to trick the samurai guy. Yeah, the uh, the costume itself is the only thing giving people, um, ah, it's up in the air. Yeah, but um, what was interesting is I thought Caitlin looked a little different than she normally does. She looks a little more risque, a little more makeup, a little, little less clothing. A little more, little more Killer Frost involved. It's like a little mixture between the two. Maybe, yeah. She might cut loose a little herself. Yeah. She's got the Captain Cold gun. Killer Frost, Captain Cold. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Oh, over to Legends. We're going to get to visit uh, Barnum and Bailey's, where we'll see that Mick does not love clowns, I could have guessed. Uh, they would lean heavily on that old hack joke. Mm-hmm. The crew will try to fix time without the support of any authoritative authoritative figure, and in a way that Rip won't be head over heels for. Vixen's hydraulically gifted sister will be back. Um, we we may get a Buana Beast. Well, certainly look like it. It's gotta and be, right? there are some. In, I mean, who else? And there is some indications that the Titanic will be involved this season. That may just be a throwaway gag, um, because Victor Garber was on Titanic as the guy who designed in it. In yeah, so. Um, the CW also has a great sizzle reel that shows the evolutions of its characters from page to screen. It's a quick, hypable history of where we are in the CW shows, and it leads into welcoming Black Lightning to the slate of shows. Um, that was a, that was a cool, uh, little, little piece. Yeah. I liked it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I really like that line. I don't, I'm not going to remember it. I'm going to butcher it. Um, where he tells the guy, you could at least give a brother a, a second to come up with a, oh, with a, a clever, clever line or, uh... or something. Heroically clever line. I think it was a clever, funny line, or clever, heroic Her- line. Yeah, something, something in those things. Clever, yeah, now, heroically clever line, I believe. Tagged with, now you just piss me off. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah, I don't think Black Lightning is uh, going to be devoid of humor by any stretch. It's just going to be, no. um, they, they're focusing on very specific things. 
Freedom Fighters, The Ray, gets a trailer too. Uh, this will be based on Earth-X, where Germany world, won World War II, so be prepared to see Ollie, Barry, and Kara in full gear with the swastikas on their shoulders. It introduces The Ray and some of his powers, as well as Red Tornado and Black Falcon, who don't appear to last very long. Not really. Uh, yeah, expect this to air in the fall on CW Seed. Um, over on uh, Arrow, don't get too comfortable about who survives the island explosion. Given their new trailer, it appears that Slade will be alive post the chaos since he appears with Oliver in a burning forest. Also, it's clear that there will be some damage to William as he attempts to recover from the traumatic events last season with Oliver's help. I'm assuming uh, William's mother is out of the picture. I, given the trailer, it looks like she pulled a classic horror movie kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we get a little Black Canary, Black Siren fight. So I wasn't overly enthused about that. About it, honestly. I was just kind of there. <laughs> I didn't it depends on how they build Cassidy's character this season, to be honest. Yeah. So over to Gotham. Uh, looks like Scarecrow, fully formed Jonathan Crane, is coming in. Uh, I hate his voice. He looks he looks creepy, but I do hate his voice. He was just a modulated voice. I didn't, yeah. didn't have any opinion on it. Uh, other footage shows a uh, pretty large amount of Selena and Bruce kicking criminal ass in different locations. Also, the Iceberg Lounge is up and running, and Barbara is still among us, sadly. So or at least, seems... or at the very least, she's just, you know, an imagination, like a figment of, of uh, Tabitha's imagination. I, were, I thought that maybe for a second, but, I mean, she was on all the panels. It looks like they have kind of a plan for her. Yeah, I... she's still in the cast, but yeah, probably, you're right. I know. Well, same way, though, uh, I did like this, though, in one of the Flash, um, I think it was TV line interviewing the Flash crew. I'm sorry, the Arrow crew. Um, uh, the the guy, Michael something or other, asked him, like, who, just raise your hand if you're here for show right now. And, like, all of them kind of slowly raised their hand. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what yeah. Uh, they're not really willing to give anything away. Yeah. So, uh, Krypton even got a trailer explaining that uh, we'll be getting to know the lineage of Superman in never-before-seen ways. Um, even this, I mean, th- there's not a lot of new footage here and, uh, that I could see, or at the very least, if there is, I didn't notice because it all looks the same to me. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, there's only a couple of different color palettes. It seems like between this and the the little bit we saw before and it all, mm-hmm. it's all moving in like a one and a half second clips. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do a play by play on that. Right. I'm just not. I'm sorry. So, uh, getting into news proper, uh, over to Gotham. Apparently Jim was going to be a Talon at some point. Ben McKenzie said, I was going to play Talon, the iconic defender of the Court of Owls. We then decided, or perhaps it was decided for us, that this was not permissible. Uh, this was all to explain a claim he'd made at last year's SDCC that he would be taking on the identity of an iconic DC character by the end of this previous season. So uh, I guess that makes sense. I'd forgotten he even said that, honestly. I, uh, yeah, it slipped my mind too, but um, kind of funny. Yeah. Aaron Richards uh, says, I'm really excited because it's a rebirth for Barbara and it involves some pretty exciting new developments. So, yeah, I guess she's still around. Huh? Eh, according to her. I don't know. I, I, I know we're, I'm just being a piece of shit here because I'm hating on a character that some people love, but I hope the exciting new developments are like rigor mortis. Mm-hmm. Me too, buddy. Uh, ben McKenzie is going to be writing an episode this season called The Demon's Head in which Rachel Ghoul will act as the demon on Bruce's shoulder. It will involve a dark mentorship of sorts, which is happening, sort of unbeknownst to Bruce, that he is being groomed. I didn't know it was that unbeknownst to him, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben McKenzie talked a little bit about the season four inspiration, saying eventually this season we are going to do our version of year one, 
with Gordon. God, that's quick. With Gordon as detective on the trail of Batman, so we will eventually get that, into that in season four. The beginning is more long Halloween, our version of that, and the end is more year one. Alrighty, well. It's ambitious. Uh, so those are some big names yeah, to be throwing about, mean, buddy. Yeah. Uh, bless him. I, I was just more proud for him that he gets to write, and he's apparently getting more involved in the process of producing his own show. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, he, and you know, first time director last year, he's he's moving up that kid. Yeah. So uh, Sophia Falcone has been cast, I guess, playing into the Long Halloween claim. As to uh, Crystal Crystal Reed from Teen Wolf will be appearing as Sophia Falcone in the upcoming season of Gotham. I don't know her. Not a clue. Sorry, Teen Wolf has never made it on my playlist. Yeah, I, I, I mean, not even to, to. I'm not even trying to disparage it. It's just never made it to the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, E.P. John Stevens said, for this year, we're bringing in one of my favorite newer villains. This might be the first time I'm saying this, because we're bringing in Professor Pig this year. And I've always loved Pig, because he's just so demented and strange and gross and terrifying and funny. So this year, I was like, well, our show is pretty violent and graphic. How can it get more violent and graphic? I think Pig is, because... Maybe because he's a newer character, feels more current to me in some ways. He doesn't have some of the baggage of like a character from the '60s might have, where you have to like revitalize in a way. Pig, you can just bring in, and he scares everybody. Also, I, I generally find Pig to be one of the least interesting characters. Yeah, see, I, I read that earlier, and I thought what he was going to say was, "For this year, we're bringing in one of my favorite new villains." This might be the first time I'm saying this, or anyone saying this, Professor Pig. Yeah. Because, like, the rest of the... As he was describing the rest of them, I'm like, well, I mean, he is kind of violent and graphic, and I get that, and yeah, your show can probably handle that. I mean, we've been through war. Penguin killed somebody with a a one-handed garden hoe last year. I mean, I'm not worried about that, but I was just reading the rest of it thinking, I'm not sure he has the same opinion as the rest of the world of Professor Pig. Yeah. But still, you know, good job in a deep pool, and I hope it goes well. Yeah, I mean... Uh, moving over to Lucifer, uh... Tom Welling uh, is going to be cast against Lucifer. Tom Welling of Smallville fame uh, will return to television to annoy Lucifer. He will play Marcus Pierce, an accomplished police lieutenant who is strategic, reserved, and well-respected. He will apparently develop a connection with Chloe, which is sure to incite something in Lucifer. Uh, I'm down with that. I like Tom yeah, Welling. Sounds good. He um, turned into a great actor by the end of... I mean, he was a kid when he started Smallville, so it's, it's hard mm -hmm. to... First few seasons, you really can't hold against him, but... And he still did a pretty good job. It's just you can see you can see he grows, you know. And yeah. uh, well, it only took him like eleven years to decide he wanted to do TV again. I mean, he's popped up here and there. Not not at all regularly. Like, I mean, he didn't take a role. No, he just no, like no. has popped up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do. You know, what is it? Ten, eleven years of small. No, I mean it's ten years. And it's probably like it's ten years of or ten seasons. Probably a good twelve years, almost bordering on thirteen years of his life that went to that show. Yeah, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. That takes some regrouping. So answering questions about why his wings are back suddenly, Tom Ellis said Lucifer is starting to revert back to the old Lucifer just to prove a point to his dad that his de that this development that he's been going through is full of resentment now. He's full of resentment this season. Uh, they had some trailer explanations. Uh, Tom Ellis referring to Dan kissing Officer Decker in the new trailer. So last season we shot four episodes that were standalone episodes. So we played a bit with the structure of the show. So some of the things that you might have seen on the trailer might not be happening in the present day. That will explain some of the previous, you know, vagueness of what you saw. Mm-hmm. Now, Patrick Fabian has been cast as part of Linda's past, according to Rachel Harris, uh, the, the therapist Linda. 
Patrick Fabian has been cast as part of her past. He is seen very briefly in the new trailer. I don't know that cat from anything. I, I literally, I know he's been around for forever. I'm pretty sure I saw him in Friends for a minute, and I know I saw him in one episode of Pushing Daisies, but after that, it's like my mm. personal IMDb is over. I just yeah, know, I, I know I've seen his face probably 50 times, though. Yeah, and I'm guessing I, about the Friends, I, but it's also a good guess. If somebody's been around long enough, you just say like, oh, did he do a spot on Friends for a second? You're probably right. Yeah, I I don't recognize him from anything, and I oh I do I do he was on Better Call Saul. Oh, okay, see. Yeah, yeah, okay, and he was a douchebag on that. Yeah, just one of those guys that's around, just kind of consistently around. Yeah, uh, so I guess that'll work. I don't, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> as much as anything on Lucifer works, that was a dickish thing to say. I apologize. <laughs> uh, remember, we were slightly more up on the the trending yeah. for Lucifer. Yeah, we were. Last four episodes. We were. Uh, over to Supergirl. As mentioned, Adrian Pazdar will be uh, Morgan Edge, a ruthless real estate a- uh, mogul who is very unhappy with Lena Luthor. I uh, I like that guy sometimes, and then other times he annoys the crap out of me. I, I find him a comedic foil on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I enjoy him there, but I kind of hated him in, in Heroes. Um, eh, so I don't know. I, I haven't gotten to the end of his Charlie, arc in whatever. Heroes at all. But um, I'm down. You didn't watch all of Heroes? I thought you watched all of Heroes. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I thought you were talking about uh, <laughs> you were talking about Shield for a second. I don't know why I just oh. I don't know why I just like threw um another word in there. But yeah, Heroes. Yeah, he was he was okay. It was in the same sense that like a lot of Heroes was eh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Yale Grobless. All right. Um, we'll guest as Psy, a villainous who can use people's minds against them. Uh. It is said that uh, her meeting with Supergirl will leave Supergirl affected in, quote, surprising ways. Whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Emma Tremblay will appear as Ruby, a child whose adoration of Supergirl will get her into mortal danger. Now, that sounded more like the Supergirl I've been watching. Yeah. Uh, finally, Potential for a little cutesy scene. Yeah. Finally, Jean Jones' father, known for being a pacifist religious leader on Mars, will be coming to National City to push his son in, quote, unexpected ways, as opposed to the surprising ways that Supergirl will be affected. He will be played by Carl Lumley, which is cool. Who he, He's actually voiced the Manhunter in episodes of Justice League, so I'm down with that. Sure. And um, I, don't, I don't know how to feel, especially after last season, about this, but Cat uh, Grant is going to be returning. Uh, showrunners Jessica Queller and Robert Rovner confirmed that she's going to be returning in the Season 3 premiere and will be a recurring role. No details about frequency are available yet. Mm-hmm. Over to Flash, uh, Danny Trejo... I don't know how to say that word, that name correctly. Probably Trejo. But Trejo That's will appear as you know, Breacher, father of Gypsy. Going to get a little machete on the flash. Uh, yeah. Kim Engelbrecht will appear as the mechanic. Helpful techie hand to the thinker. And Neil Sandilands will appear as the thinker, main baddie for the season, and the fastest mind alive. Uh, now, this is some pretty exciting news for me. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh says that he is excited about the, quote, future iterations of Harrison Wells. He also said that he understands that many people are excited to see H.R. go. Grant Gustin objected to this, saying that the cast and the show was very sad about H.R.'s passing, to which Cavanaugh replied, you don't get my fan mail, man. Mm-hmm. I liked H.R. Yeah. Screw those people. Uh, it, it, uh, even <laughs> even Gustin and uh, Cavanaugh have good chemistry. I just, just... Yeah. 
Uh, he told Cinema Blend, we're just going to start there with Harry and see as we progress toward the big season arcs. I don't know what you guys know about the main villain and stuff, but we're going to, around that time, see what other versions of Wells are available. He said politically correctly without giving hardly anything away. Like I say, there's all these different Earths we created, and there's all these different Wells to pick from, and so we pick from them. Yeah. Um, Todd Helbing says of Killer Frost, if you're a fan of Caitlin Snow, then I think you're going to be very satisfied. And if you're a fan of Killer Frost, then I think you're going to be very satisfied. Uh, he also said, I think, uh, on the Flash getting fun again, I think that season three is as dark as we ever want to take the show. And we're making a conscious effort this year to get the fun quotient back up. It's the Flash. It should be fun, said Gustin. Um, also of note, Kenyon, uh, Kenyon Lonsdale went to SDCC as uh, Waldo from Where's Waldo. Uh, that just made me laugh. Over to Legends of Tomorrow, Phil Klimmer says that fixing time is going to be a season-long task, which sounds awful. He says, obviously, there's a clear and present danger of dinosaurs going around Los Angeles, but then we're going to realize that was just sort of the tip of the iceberg, and that's more than just these sort of one-off anachronisms. That is all part of a giant big bad and a consortium of some horrible bad guys that we can't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what cracked me up is, you know, you're about to get to it, but it seemed like they did just talk about it later. Mm -hmm. Um, He talked about Zari Adriana uh, Tomez, the most obvious is with Brandon Ruth's character, Ralph's character, Ray, because he's obviously a futurist, an inventor, a guy who has this boundless optimism about the future being better and brighter and all these things. She comes and says, oh, great, all those things you were trying to do to the world, all your inventions, they didn't add up to anything. It challenges our team to think about what they're doing, which is, are we just fixing history or are we improving the future? That'd be a neat turning point. Yeah. Mark Guggenheim says uh, Captain Cold is coming back. Obviously, we're really excited to bring Wentworth Miller back on the show for a few episodes, but a different iteration of Mr. Snart. Chaos and merriment will ensue. I don't know what that last sentence means exactly, but I actually really like Mm. it. On Damien Dark, Phil Klemmer says we'll be meeting a new version of Damien Dark, a little less silly, a little more formidable. They really like that guy. I'm a little... Um, I don't know. I'm tired of him. I'll say it. Well, I mean, I'm a little tired of him, but the, the major thing is like, I like the silly version more than the formidable version. I mean, if he's going to be here and it's going to happen now, I've just got to face the next part. So, <laughs> Now, the uh, producers also mentioned that they talked to Matt Ryan about an appearance. Uh, Mark Guggenheim said, Matt's currently busy doing something right now, but we've had a really good co- uh, we've had really good conversations with Matt. So, fingers crossed on, uh, on a Constantine uh, reprisal. At least that means they're actively pursuing that conversation. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's conversations, plural. There's, there's, you know, there's cause for hope there. Yeah. Uh, so exciting news for me, Michael Emerson of Lost, uh, and person of interest, if you're interested in that, which I'm not, um, <laughs> will be coming to season six of Arrow in a, quote, morally compromising role. No kidding. Michael Emerson? Who'd have thought? Uh, Amel said he is effing fired up and that he will hate to kill him. After being a little excitable during the interview, which is where he found out about Emerson's role, he joked with Wendy Miracle asking, before he sees this interview, his deal is locked, right? I like that Amal's kind of thinking like a producer in certain ways now. We, we mm-hmm. already know what we're paying him before he knows how excited I am. Right. Uh, Guggenheim says, uh, I'll say this, last year we sort of built up this new Team Arrow, and when we say that the theme of Season 6 is family... We were also sort of talking about the found families of a team like Team Arrow, so I would say, without spoiling anything too much, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a team of villains to go up against our team of heroes? Yes, yes, that does sound interesting, yeah, actually. 
Uh, Guggenheim also said season five was really about building up this team. We started thinking in terms of groups of villains. We're going to have a few familiar faces like David uh, Nikhil Anatoly is coming back, which is always great. He's coming back with a literal vengeance. One of the other members of his villainous cabal is going to be played by Michael Emerson. And we could not be more excited. We are really, really thrilled. You can also expect a really cool announcement about a character whose name is Richard Dragon from the comics, who will also be among our villains we'll be seeing this year. Uh, these are characters we'll be seeing throughout the season. Uh, Dragon is traditionally a sensei to good guys like the Question and Oracle, but the new, two, new 52 made him a Green Arrow enemy who attributes his father's death to Green Arrow. That sounds a little a little bit like last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um... Over on the, uh, talking about the island explosion repercussions, David Ramsey Diggle says, I will say that there's been some damage that has happened from the island, not just the exposure, but some repercussions that is going to take the rest of season six to deal with, not just emotional, but physical injuries, so people will pay a price. He added, Diggle is profoundly affected by it, and we'll see the repercussions of what happened to him on the island throughout the season. Diggle particularly, there are other people that are affected, but Diggle specifically. And I think in season six, you're going to see Diggle be broken in a way he's never been broken. And it starts at 601. It starts in the first episode. So I think you're going to see a dramatic change in what Diggle really has to deal with on an emotional and physical level in a way we haven't seen. Ramsey also promised that we would know pretty quickly what happens after the explosions in the, cl- in the cliffhanger. When he miracle answered questions concerning Felicity's future, obviously the Elicity relationship is a core component of the show. If Felicity pulls through and she comes out of the explosion, there's no way we can't address that relationship question. Yeah, something that weird about Ramsey, though, is is I watched a lot of, of him hanging out with the rest of the crew and doing press, and he seemed very unengaged in a way. Yeah. I, I don't really know how to describe that, but he he did like he was laughing at you know at the the better jokes and stuff, and you could see he was he was listening. He just he didn't seem in any way exuberant. And then I read his text and thought, and actually, it, it was weird. It sat differently. Like he seems excited about the changes in Diggle, but then when I was watching him, it didn't seem excited at all. It was it was odd. Hmm. Uh, kind of, I, I feel like I'm gonna know more about why that felt weird after six oh one. Yeah care to conjure a conjecture? I don't know. Maybe he's just not excited about doing a fair amount of his season from a bed. Hmm. Sounds delightful to me. Watching those giant arms lose their, their power. I guess he could probably still do that. We don't know what part's injured. Mm. I will bet it's not the, you know, the. I'm, I'm surely it's going to be like he can still walk or something like that. Or They've already pulled the, you know, spinal injury card, so. Yeah. John, you have to get out of the bed. I don't have a dick, Lila. Yeah. I don't have a dick. Yeah. That would be a fantastic turn. Arrow would be my favorite show of all time if that was the if that was the twist. Hey, you mean you, I, you could make it work? You could do it subtly too, and and have all these uh, you know, he he could be having uh, all these meaningful conversations with Oliver, who's trying to raise a kid he wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Just be a a, a weirdly penis centric theme for those two this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just have Diggle slowly but uh, perpetually overcompensating throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bigger and bigger guns. Yeah, that would be fun. And the like. Now, where they take it, the, the the jump the shark the moment is where they try to pull an arsenal, but with the missing appendage. That's mm-hmm. where it turns into a Rob Schneider movie. I don't mind that. You actually. <laughs> I doubt the censors. I doubt standards and practices that cover CW would would be cool with that. Mm. You don't have to see anything. All you have to do is hear the little machine whir, like. Oh yeah, it's a, that's a great uh, it's a great Futurama see joke. The mach- yeah. Right. You see the reactions from the criminals like, oh, my God, what is that? Yes. 
Yeah. I am Spartan. Yeah, and, and uh, great villain reaction, just a, you know, just a, a henchman reaction that says, like, are we seriously about to get killed by a, and then dash, and he, and, and he goes down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're never going to write for anyone <laughs> after that. Come on. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I could get behind it, to be honest. I'd watch a season of Diggle <clears throat> dismembering people. With, with like a weird, what, what do they call it, Schrodenfrodden or something, joy on his face. Schrodenfrodd, mm. whatever that thing is. Right. Anyway. Mark Guggenheim talking about Manu Bennett and how much we should expect for him. He says Manu Bennett is back for the season premiere, but he's also coming back for a special two-part episode in the first half of the season where we're really going to be focusing hard on his character post everything he's experienced on the show. And we intend to do a Slade Wilson flashback story. Sounds good. Let's do it. Now over to Black Lightning. Uh, Salim Akil, the showrunner, says this is going to come from an authentic black male voice. I love all of the other shows, and they have paved the way for this show, but I think this character will add something to the conversation. I also think we're going to be giving something back to the American culture. Anytime someone says that whatever they're doing is going to add to, quote, the conversation, I automatically want to dismiss it. Eh. I feel like you have to say something personal and just hope that it adds to the conversation. I, if you set out to I add to, quote, whatever the conversation that that is. sounds kind of arrogant in a, in a fashion. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like a... a uh, like a, a good stand-up, for instance, just kind of uh, says how things affect him and hopes that other people will see it in a similar yeah. way that starts a, a conversation or maybe is, um, changes a perception. And, what, you know, what's funny is in the real world, when you see, it, even when you're talking to people who like this stuff, they're not like us. Usually the conversation is, hey, did you see that new Black Lightning show? Yeah, it's pretty good. You want to go get something to eat? Sure. And then, you know, you spend lunch looking at phones, not talking to each other. That's the conversation, really. Well, you might get, oh, that was a cool scene, right? And and it's usually about the action or something instead of, like, some mm-hmm. character's emotional breakthrough that's been a three-story series or three story arc or mm-hmm. that finally paid off. Yeah. But I, I'd, I'd like to think there's a fair amount of people that do appreciate that. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. I'm just, you know, there are those people. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris Williams talked about uh, crossover logistics a bit. He says, talking about the potential of a crossover in the first season of Black Lightning, Chris Williams says, logistically, we film in Atlanta and all the other films, all the other shows film in Vancouver. But I'm, in, I'm intrigued in establishing our story with the family dynamics, with the dog helping their ability. So I didn't want to rush through those things or skip some things for the sake of a crossover at the root of it. Our show is very different. It's rooted in more day-to-day, real-life things, and I didn't want to compromise that. Well, I mean, I don't think he had any choice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he got it right in the first sentence. We're in Atlanta, they're in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, like, the actor. He's not really in charge of anything. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's hard enough to coordinate, as is. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the, 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 these people's time is, is sometimes... Uh, you might have two or three hours that aren't pretty much accounted for by either... Right. Needing to eat, sleep, or your actual onset duties. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, what what has to be at least a? I'm just I'm literally guessing uh, six hour flight from mm-hmm. Atlanta to Vancouver, and I'm willing to guess Atlanta has that flight. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that's in the cards for anybody, man. But I do like that he's leaning into the whole uh, let's develop our show first thing, and it's really the right thing to do. It just is develop your show first, see where you're going with it. Don't don't get stuck in a weird spot. Um, I just think it's the right call overall. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
Executive producer Salim McKeel says it's hard for any parent to see their gr- their children grow out of the nest. That's how Jefferson will react to seeing his daughters get their powers in a way he'll be a little fearful because he understands what having powers is and what it means. The same way when parents see their children go off into the world without them. They're a little fearful because they understand what the world has in store for them. But you can't stop that. You have to let them grow. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty pretty standard, but... yeah. I'm not sure it's adding anything to a conversation. Not that part, no. We'll see where uh, we'll see where he's drawn from on that that part mm-hmm. of his conversation. No. Now we've got some new uh, new casting for Black Lightning. James Remar uh, will play Peter Gamby, uh, the oldest friend of Jefferson Pierce. Gamby is uh, Jefferson's father figure, mentor, and tailor. His history with Jefferson goes back farther and deeper than anyone knows, and Gamby's role in Jefferson's life will become a painful window into the past that will affect the future of their relationship forever. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, and Damon Gupton plays Inspector Henderson, a veteran officer of the law who is now the highest-ranking detective on the force. His role in the community puts him at odds with Black Lightning, and they soon become unlikely allies. That just that just sounds like Detective Lance to me. So, uh, good stuff, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to see how it plays out. They, um, they both sounded very... It's not generic at all. It's just... Uh... These are the basic building blocks of a of a show. They're all going to sound like something you've seen before for good reason. You should have seen them before, mm-hmm. or they're not going to work. Probably. You don't think so? You can only take so many chances with like the basics of your show. I think. You think they've already got too much of that? Uh, what the basics are? They're taking chances. Well, you said there's only so much you can take chances take chances with the basics. So are you saying that they have too many basics? They're taking chances with too many basics? No, no, no. I'm saying stepping, uh, full, ste- I'm saying, stepping like, out from the two, crowd. Those two characters sound like familiar kinds of characters and mm-hmm. uh, the, the building blocks for a show i i, I don't want to sound like a, a boring old old guard guy or some crap like that that i wouldn't uh, deserve or understand but it, it you know you, you got to use archetypes to some extent it has mm-hmm. to be familiar enough to to relate so um yeah like i even read those and kind of shrugged my shoulders and went eh, i've seen that a thousand times and thought eh, well you got to do it mm-hmm so over to Krypton, uh, this might be the most interesting thing I've, I've read about Krypton so far. Jeff Johns revealed that, he says, you'll see a lot of DC characters in this. It's about a conspiracy from the present that's trying to stop Superman from ever being born. Brainiac, Doomsday, Hawkwoman, Adam Strange, that part especially excited me. Mm-hmm. And Krypton, Gods, Nightwing, and Flamebird are among those promised to appear on the show. I still have... Almost zero interest in seeing this thing. Well, I finally had above zero interest after seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about where we stand. Yeah. Now, uh, Damon Damian Kindler, uh, the Krypton uh, uh, executive producer, says Krypton is a story that everybody believes they know the ending, but this show really aspires to throw all that on its head and, from the very first episode, make people understand that we're really changing the ending. And if you know the ending to the story, you actually don't, and the stakes have much more to do with the present than they do about the past. Also, so it's less just about going back and telling stories about the past, and you know the ending, than it is about the past and the future colliding and Superman and his very existence being put on the line. Well, whatever. Still more excited about the first thing, but that all uh-huh. tracks with the first thing, so cool. Mm-hmm. Now to, uh, onto video games. The new Telltale Batman series has been announced starting August 8th. Telltale Games will begin its five-episode follow-up to its Batman franchise. It will be called Batman the Enemy Within, with the first episode titled The Enigma. There's a teaser trailer available that focuses mostly on Joker and Riddler. 
Um, there's a DLC trailer out for Starfire on Injustice 2 that was revealed at SDCC. Uh, she's going to be available soon. I also saw something about like maybe Spawn or Hellboy being in, in the DLC for Injustice 2. I didn't see that hanging around. Um, they, they've, uh, I think it's like Fighter Pack 1 and Fighter Pack 2, and I, I want to say it was like eight more characters that have all been announced for sure, and then after that mm-hmm. it's, uh, eh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know, I saw, I saw, it looked like a, an Injustice 2 rendition of both of them, but I didn't really dig into that, because I was doing the DCEU, so I was yeah. kind of busy. Yeah. Um, that'd be pretty cool if those two were in, involved as well, but I'm, I was pretty excited that they would actually deign to put Starfire in. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, as you say it, I would just take a, uh, like a Spawn and Hellfire, or Hellboy game. Mm-hmm. Just those two fighting whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Be a universe of jellyfish. I don't give a shit. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, now, the DCAU revealed other new projects. Uh, the animated universe will be getting a two-part version of the death and return of Superman in late 2018. Uh, and the follow-up will be in early 2019. Not overly excited about this, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I uh, I did not care for Superman Doomsday. I thought it was pretty terrible, honestly. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was kind of. Uh, and wasn't that the first one? Yeah, that was their first one. Yeah, it was. It was. It was their first one. It was a light start. Yeah, Anne Heche might be the worst thing that ever happened to any of this. Like her Lois Lane was just ridiculously. It bad. was stiff as hell and just weird, like Chris Walken readings. Um, yeah, but and, um, that. You know the the messed up part though is in a lot of ways it's 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 not really the actor's fault in in those scenes most of the time. There's a guy directing mm-hmm. that that says, "Yep, that's what we need." Cool. I felt like this was a, a situation of like being like, "Well, that's the best we've got." Maybe, but it it just doesn't cost a lot to have some unknown come in and read over it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like five grand, you can have somebody come in and read for a couple couple hours. Yeah. Somebody that's just happy to have a shot. Yeah. Mm. I don't know how how that all works as far as uh contracts and stuff with that go um yeah there might notoriously, be some, there might be some i'm caveats. notoriously uh i'm notoriously ignorant <laughs> um also it may have been worth it just because Anne hache was a big name at the time might have but eh, I'd, I'd have to yeah. go back and remember how it was marketed and that that just that didn't happen yeah anyway um Ga- gotham by gaslight is official now and set for early 2018 uh followed by a mid-year suicide squad hell to pay which uh, that's kind of a cool idea mm-hmm do that. Uh, the Suicide Squad movie will be an original story, not based on any previous comic material. Um, I like the idea of, of, of uh, pushing out new Suicide Squad material. Um, and that's all we've got. So, um, guys, until uh, uh, we uh, do a new show next week, you can hit us up on Twitter, DC on Screen, Facebook, DC on Screen. Um, it's worth saving the feedback, on- honestly, because there's you know so much potential for feedback on. Yeah. The, the deluge of facts that happened over this weekend. Mm-hmm. And if you want to uh, leave us a, a voicemail, 205-259-6331. And um, until next time, keep some DC on your screens. <laughs> <laughs>